Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the Internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's in what appears to be new Dave Campbell's swag. No. It's not? Is that not Dave Campbell's? What is it? Okay. Oh, it's UNT. Sorry, I got excited. She's a Duchess of the Dorks. She's actually Pickle. <laughs> Hello. Your hair was down and it was over your... Yeah, no, not Dave somewhere. Campbell's. I wish it was new Dave Campbell's swag, but we're, still... we're just scrubs. We don't, we don't get swag. I know. I had to buy this shirt. That's terrible. This is a shirt that I, like, I used my money to buy. Not okay. Unacceptable. No. And these... Sh- no, I got these shoes for free. Anyway. Um, <laughs> today... Is that was a bad example. Today's Tuesday, October thirteenth, twenty twenty. Forty-four days till Thanksgiving. Finally, a good day. Episode one thousand forty-six. One thousand forty-six. The OPS for Mike Napoli. It's not taped, by the way. We are actually live, live. Like we just yeah. didn't have a pre-show. We are live. It's not taped. Yeah, it's twelve. This is me. Live. Four twenty-eight. <laughs> right now. Everyone thinks that it, we're or. Taped. Or we've timed it up perfectly, and this is like a big ruse. What can we do to prove it's live? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you could be just, I, like, assuming that people are reading comments. Like, I want you guys to think that we're taped. Yeah. I want you to think that we're taped. But there's nothing I can do to prove that we're live. I can't tell you. You know. Well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> do we first four through the door? Or are they all just assuming? Yeah, we do. Uh, conspiracy it, theories? Yeah. Andrew Christensen, Josh Chapa, uh, Samuel DeLeon, and Brent Homan. Welcome in, fellas. See, but here's the thing. You could also just be, like... G- like guessing and like yeah. putting up like fake numbers and people are gonna be like they weren't actually first fourth through the door <laughs> like i want there to be somebody like tinfoil hat who's like oh no that kid that show was actually taped <laughs> <laughs> on today's show guys we're going to talk about what's going on in waco <clears throat> then we're going to reveal the dave campbell's text football teams of the week the uh, dairy max built by chocolate milk assistant coach of the week then we're going to talk back half the show with the hall of famer craig way uh, talk with him every Friday. Every not today's not Friday. Every Tuesday. <laughs> Whoa, Jesus. bud! I've got God, way too much stuff to finish before Friday. We need to pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> if it's if it's Friday, we're in deep trouble. <laughs> and I, mean, I got maybe, a game to get to. <laughs> like maybe I just I don't know. I think it's because 
Like, I, I usually don't drink this much on a Tuesday, but, like... Yeah. Just really... I mean, we're usually just hammered by the time uh, I know. Football Friday rolls around. Friday. Friday. So... <laughs> Friday is usually when we're... When yeah. We're, but anyway, so we'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. All right, Miss Pickle, let's talk about some news from yesterday. Uh, so, we got wind of this last week that Baylor was having some coronavirus issues. Um, and that is why, like last week, last Thursday, they hit the pause button on all football activities. And that was the first sign of like, ah, something's, something's going on, but maybe it's because maybe it's an abundance of caution because they have a bye week and there's no need to get together if you don't have to, they haven't, they they were off last week. So then comes word on Sunday, I think Mm -hmm. that they were going to postpone this week's game against Oklahoma State. State yes. They were going to move this to December 12th. Yes. They were going to move to December 12th, mm-hmm. um, which is the day of the Big 12 championship game, which gets a little hairy, but mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. Um, so they, it, it became apparent that, that something was going on then. Well, we finally got word of what's going on. And it's yesterday. a lot. Uh, as Mac Rhodes went on um, an interview with our friend David Smoke there at Sikkim 365 Radio in Waco and uh, said, yeah, so, uh, so we have 28 players who have COVID mm-hmm. and another 14 staff members who have COVID. Like, wow. Like, those are and that's just gobsmacking numbers. Those are gobsmacking numbers. And by the way, I think the number that they used was like twenty, like 26 of them are like symptomatic. Like 26 mm-hmm. of them are like sick, sick, sick. And so that's, so that's, they have 32 uh, cases in the athletic department among all athletes. 29 of the 32 positives are, are, are symptomatic. Only three are asymptomatic. So they got it bad, right? They got it bad right there in Waco right now. Mm-hmm. As a result, so it sounds like what what Mac Rhodes, the AD at, at Baylor, told David Smoke yesterday was he thinks that they can trace this back to a false negative mm-hmm. that they got as they were about to get on the plane to West Virginia. Yes. When they got on the plane to West Virginia, they tested everybody. One guy was actually positive, but it came back negative. Mm-hmm. As a result, they get on the plane, and the plane, which is, I mean, what? It's got to be like a three-hour flight, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Two and a half hour flight. Two and a half, probably. Two and a half hour flight. That's like a super spreader. Yeah. Right there. And so then the whole team is infected, basically. Mm -hmm. And you, yeah, you take out from the microscope, zoom out, think about the contact tracing with that. That is quite literally the whole team if 29 players and 14 staff members have it. That's that's You can't everyone. not contact trace everyone. That's everyone. Okay. So, here's the other thing about this, okay? The other thing about this is you start looking forward to this guy. If you've got one or two guys and you need to contact trace, it's like, okay, that's a problem for this week. Right. You lose a position group, basically. You lose a position group. Maybe you need to cancel the game. Okay, whatever. There's fine. If you have 28, if you have 42 people mm-hmm. in the program who are positive right now. Like, actually have Guys, it. I'm going to be, okay. 
I don't think there is a prayer they play next week against Texas. Oh, no. I don't think there's any way. That's 10 days away. I don't think there's any way that, like, when's the, when's the, first of all, when's the earliest they could start practice, right? right? Let's be aggressive. Let's be aggressive and say the absolute earliest they can start practice is, like, 10 days from now? Which would be the day of the game, basically? That would be, like, the Friday, right? Like, the Friday, the day before the Texas game. I don't think there's any way, and that's if you start clearing everybody. God forbid this thing lingers with people. Mm-hmm. Okay? And God forbid, by the way, you find out there are more positives. Right. Okay? I don't think there's any way that they're playing on October 24th against Texas. Well, and quick so, question for mm-hmm. you. I know in high school it's the the person who tests positive is only out for 10 days, but the people that are contact traced are out for 14 days. Is that the same thing in college? I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. What the because just if so, if they are out for 14 days just from contact tracing, that you then can't. you're done. You right. literally can't. Exactly. Whether you get good on the Friday before the game or not, so you can't. I'm going to sit here and say right now here on October 13th, and if I'm wrong, clip it and just roast me on it. I don't think there's any way they're playing against Texas on September on October 24th. I'll go a step further. I think it is a 50-50 proposition they play on Halloween against TCU. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so now you start getting into, I think, a real problem that the Big 12 is going to have. That they've already moved the Oklahoma State game to December. Okay? So there's that. They're already going to try to figure out whatever they're doing with the Big 12 championship game. But By the way, Oklahoma State's the highest ranked team in the Big 12 right now. That's neither here nor there. So, they have to figure that out. There is a weird thing with a bye week involving Kansas that if Texas and Kansas were amenable to switching, they could maybe move that. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're already getting there. If they, get, if, they lose one, if they lose that TCU game, they're starting to be talking about up a creek without a paddle. And right. they're not going to have time to play these games. And maybe you're talking about Baylor having to forfeit a game. Mm-hmm. Because... We're just running out of time. Like, we're running out of weeks. Mm-hmm. They are still supposed to play one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in basically eight weeks right now. And they've already built in another week on the other end. 68, that would be if they were pushing the Big 12 championship if you were, back a week already. If you were going to, like, if you get to the point where you have more games than you have weeks, you have a problem. And we are right there. We're right there. This is something to watch. And I think that this was kind of this was this was one of the fears that we had about this season was that you were going to have a team that was just plain and simple, not going to be able to field a team. It's happening in the SEC, by the way. Vanderbilt is not going to be able to play Mizzou this week. Mm-hmm. It's happening a, a couple of other places. And you've you've seen a fair amount of other uh, smaller like smaller co- uh, conferences that have had these problems where they've had to move games around, they've had to cancel games, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Uh, it's just now hitting the Power Five. Baylor is at the center of it right now. Um, keep an eye on this. The Big 12 is going to have to get creative. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to get real creative here to find a way around this. Because again, I just I can't see any way. I can't see any way they're playing next week. And I'm I'm the more I think about, it, I'm having a hard time finding a way that they're going to be able to play on the 31st. Oh yeah. Well, and the other thing too is the other teams have to. They are. I mean, I can't imagine. Tom Herman going, okay, yeah, let's go suit up and play. We'll just risk yeah. it. Like he's gonna go, uh, no, because I don't want to cancel my season. You right. know, there's there's a lot, 
this is an inflection point right now in the season, and, and how the Big 12 handles this is going to be pretty telling. So we'll, of course, keep you posted on TexasFootball.com. Okay, let me do this. You ready for this? Yep. You ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Dave Campbell's <laughs> Texas Football is proud to honor one team from each classification with the Team of the Week Award. The schools selected throughout the course of this program have exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 7, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. In 6A, Clearbrook, Cameron McAllister threw for three touchdowns in the defense, held Clear Lake to just 127 yards of offense as the Wolverines moved to 3-0 and 1-0 in district play with a 24-0 victory. In 5A, El Paso Andrus. Quarterback Jeremiah Toski threw for a touchdown and ran for another, and the Eagles' defense held off a would-be game-tying two-point conversion in the final minutes to hold on for a 21-19 win over El Paso Chapin. In 4A, we had their coach on yesterday, Aubrey. Trailing in halftime, the Chaparrales rallied for 16 unanswered points in the third quarter and held off a late Salina rally to topple the Bobcats 36-27, Aubrey's first win over Salina since 1993. In 3A, Holiday, with much of the varsity team unavailable due to the COVID-19 exposure, a piecemeal Eagles team largely comprised of junior varsity players stood tall to bring home an improbable 8-6 win over Valley View. In 2A, Bovina, Darian De La Rosa caught a touchdown pass and ran for the game-winning score as the Mustangs snapped a four-game losing streak to take down Sudan 25-21 in their District 2-2A Division II opener. In 1A, Hermley, Coming off of four consecutive losing seasons, the Cardinals became just one of eight UIL six-man teams to reach a 7-0 record with the impressive 71-42 district opening victory over Aspermont. And in the private school ranks, Tyler Grace Community. The Cougars held Cypress Christian to a field goal in their possession of overtime and found their way in for the game-winning touchdown to move to 3-0 with a 13-10 overtime victory. So those are your Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. Congratulations to all the teams. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. One more thing to do. Another one. Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week and let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your week seven... Yes. I've already thought about Week 8. Week 7, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk. Assistant Coach of the Week nominees are Full Shear Defensive Coordinator Paul Donaldson. The Chargers held Pasadena Rayburn to just 193 yards of total offense and pitched the first shutout in program history with a 28-0 win on Friday night. Denton Braswell off to coordinator Colin Strahan in a wild shootout. Quarterback Tristan McClary accounted for seven total touchdowns as part of a 635-yard assault in a 69-63 win over Richardson Pierce. Perryton defensive coordinator Josh King in a dominating effort. The Rangers defense guided Perryton to its first win of the season, beating Alpine 14-0 and allowing just 60 yards of total offense. Wow. And Austin high offensive coordinator Aaron Vanechik. Vanechik, I think. Down 21 in the fourth quarter, the Maroons' offense mounted an unbelievable comeback, comeback as Charles Wright threw for three touchdowns in the final frame, adding the game-winning two-point conversion with eight seconds left for a remarkable 57-56 win over Austin Bowie. So those are your Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. You can vote now on Twitter at DCTF. It's the Twitter machine on Twitter at The Twitter sphere. The Twitter sphere. 
We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at TCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. We'll invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe, our subscription package. Two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. Uh, and it's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. If you like this show and you like to make this show happen, Come to Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Pickle, let's go to the hotline and let's bring in the co-host of High School Scoreboard Live on Fox Sports Southwest. He is on the horn in Austin with Jeff Howe on Light the Tower every morning, and he is the play-by-play voice of the Texas Longhorns. We're joined by Craig Way. And Craig, I guess my first question for you, and it's similar to the first question I had for you last year, is did you like surround your house with flame retardant so that as the city of Austin burns after after Saturday's game, uh, you and yours will be safe? I think no amount of asbestos and fire retardant <laughs> material may be able to stop the raging inferno that has engulfed the greater Austin area. I speak in grand hyperbole, of course, but uh, there's yeah, there's a lot of people that are that are upset about it. and and really, Cap, uh, on a serious note, mm-hmm. it's gone beyond the pale of what's going on with the football team and the list. You know, the the other major, and it has become a major issue down here is the eyes of Texas. Mm-hmm. And when people are tweeting out photos of Sam Ellinger being the only one, even though he wasn't the only one, there were a couple other players standing there as well, uh, standing for the eyes of Texas, brothers who went into the locker room because they had been told by university administration back in the summer after they had that petition of lots of different issues that they would not be required to stand there. That has inflamed another entire group. So you've got that debate going on back and forth. You know, what is right? What is wrong? Can they can they do it? Should they do it? All of those kinds of things. you got that. And, and some, I would say, have taken also to uh, wrapping it up, encasing it inside the uh, struggles of the football team as well. I, I think the two are, are completely separate issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are, there are folks that are lumping the two together right now. Now... Uh, Friday was your, or I'm sorry, Saturday was your 30th Texas OU game there with, uh, with the, with the, the Longhorn radio broadcast, uh, your 30th Texas OU game, a quadruple overtime thriller, uh, in, in, in which it uh, goes back and forth a wild comeback of the 30. Obviously, uh, obviously, from from obviously, your your perspective, you would have you would have preferred that that the, the score had been reversed. But as far as a game is concerned, where does that one rank among your thirty Red River games? You make it in terms of its um, unique and extemporaneous quality. That's a great. Uh, way to put it. <laughs> Um, maybe number one. Mm. It was that nutty. It's that great. Of all the games that I've done, Tep. Uh, both to high school and college. Uh, I've never called a four-overtime game before. I've had a couple of triple overtimes at the high school level uh, and some double overtime games for Texas, but never a quadruple overtime. And the fact that it got there because of uh, the heroics of Sam Ellinger in the final five minutes, which, by the way, 
doesn't completely erase, and he's the first to tell you that, some of the, uh, some of the difficulties he struggled with earlier in the game. But uh, he did rally the troops and got them to that game, to the overtime sessions, and then it just went back and forth. I mean, it was it was sheer nuts and craziness. And, and here's the other thing. You and I mm-hmm. have never really had a great deal, I would say, difficulty of talking for long periods of time. <laughs> we're, we're kind of built that way, right? It's a nice way we, to put we, it. We can kind of do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we've kind of built, been built that way to where we could do that. Um, in the case of that, we ran out of in-game commercial breaks on our radio network broadcast right before the end of regulation. So yours truly, along with Roger Wallace and Quan Cosby, went a solid one hour and 15 minutes without any kind of a break from, from near the end of regulation to the end of overtime number four. So that just added to all the nuttiness of what happened on Saturday. Well, I will just I will just tell you that I'm reading a text message here from my mother that I received at 3.40 p.m. on Saturday. She, she said, quote, I keep thinking about Craig Way. He has to be exhausted. So don't <laughs> worry. The Tepper family, at least some parts of the Tepper family, I didn't really care. But like, you know, it's, it's, it's some parts of the Tepper family did have your best interest at heart. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And she's in large, I would say in in large measure correct. I was pretty wiped out when it was over, but it was you know it was it was a it was a lot of fun as a broadcaster to call. Now, obviously, coming from the constituency that I represent, mm-hmm. you would you know they were hope, certainly hoping uh, for for Texas to prevail. Uh, but in terms of just the football game itself, and, and I've heard this said a lot over the past whatever seventy two hours since the game. That uh, if you didn't have a dog in the fight, mm-hmm. uh, it was it was a lot of fun to behold or to listen to. Isn't that wasn't real fast? Wasn't that the uh, only the second time that that rivalry has gone into overtime? Any overtimes? Yeah, pickle, and you know, yeah, and, and the first time. Here's here's how bizarre it, it was. The first one, the first time it happened was the very first year of overtime, 1996. Oh wow! Oh. And the reason why I know that it was. The first year of overtime is because the prior year they played to a 24-24 tie. The last year of the ties, and and uh, and so they had a tie in '95, and then in '96 they tied. In the in the overtime rule was so new that folks had not figured out that if you win the toss, you're better suited to play defense first. <laughs> the Longhorns actually won the toss uh, for that for that overtime back in '96. Took the ball. Couldn't get it in the end zone, settled for a Phil Dawson field goal, and then Oklahoma won it on the James Allen touchdown run there in on the on the overtime. The Longhorns' problems with the overtime weren't calling the toss wrong. I think they haven't won a coin toss this year. Maybe the first game of the year, they haven't won one since. I know they didn't win it in Lubbock. I know they didn't win uh, the, the coin toss for um, TCU, and they didn't win either coin toss, either before the game or the start of overtime uh, against Oklahoma. It's been that kind of year, a, a, a 2020 wrinkle, if you will. <laughs> We're talking with Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer here on Texas Football Today. You can involve the conversation to hashtag TF today. All right, Craig, I do want to matriculate over to the high school ranks uh, and, and ask you about uh, the upcoming week with Week 8. Um, and and we've already had a couple of, of, of high-profile games canceled, most notably South Lake Carolyn Geyer, which is a bummer. But the one thing, and I want to go down to your neck of the woods, 
because I think there's a game that's flying under people's radar that has a chance to, to steal the show and be the game of the weekend. I'm talking about Cedar Park, Vista Ridge, and Austin Vandegrift. I think this game has a chance to be, I mean, you're talking about a, a critical district showdown uh, there in District 25-6A. Uh, I think this has a chance to to really to really steal the show on Friday night. I'm, I'm curious if you agree. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And toward the end, and you know this from being on the inside on the email chain, once we learned that Carol and Geyer had been had been called off, I piped in immediately uh, and uh, to to the powers that be and said, "Listen, you know, I know we had Lauren Blackwell." assigned to cover that game for us and to do with all the, the live look-ins uh, there for you guys on Football Friday and then do the recap for Scoreboard Live. I said, this would be a more than ample substitute. And there were other choices. Wall, Jim Nett, I think, would, would, have been, uh, would have been a reasonable choice as well. Uh, but I, I offered that up there since we were talking about it from a 6A perspective and uh, as we were with Carol and Geyer. And – and uh, the powers that be up there agreed with that. So Lauren's going to be down uh, at, at Gupton Stadium on Friday night. I agree with you. Uh, you know, Vista Ridge hasn't beaten Vandegrift in five years. The last time they beat him was 2015, and that was that crazy year where they played twice when they were both what would now be 5A programs. Back then it was still 4A. It was the last year of, well, quote-unquote 4A. But they were 5A, progr- 5A programs, if I remember uh, well, yeah, they were, they were, I got, actually it was the first year, so they weren't five A's, but the, but the thing that happened was, uh, they, they were district mates at one level classification down at the five A level. They played in the regular season. Vandegrift won, I think 63, 49 in the regular season meeting. Then they met up again in the quarterfinals and Vista Ridge won 24 to 17 and went on to the state semifinals. They lost to George Ranch, the eventual state champion. But uh, it, 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 you had that. You had all that drama. They met twice. And, oh, by the way, I know this. As a parent of kids who went to Vista Ridge, they don't like each other. Schools are there, – there's, there's some uh, – I, I don't know how nasty it gets, but there's some rivalry there between the two schools, and, uh, and, and they came in around the same time. So uh, you, you have all of that and a rivalry game. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, that Vista Ridge offense against the Vandegrift defense is the key matchup, I think, come Friday night. Finally, Craig, um, viewers of High School Scoreboard Live uh, might have noticed uh, on Friday night that uh, we were without our partner in crime. We were without our buddy Rick Renner, uh, who was out for the evening. Um, I think partying or something. But uh, 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 my question for you, you have been doing that show with Rick for... I don't even want to try to put a number on it. Was that an odd experience for you to not have the Renner safety blanket? <laughs> I've never heard of Rick described as a safety blanket. Uh, I've heard people say you need a safety blanket from Renner, but uh, no, uh, it, it was different. You know, and, and I've been in, in one form or another, I've been doing that show since 1996, with the exception of three years. Uh, uh, 2001 through 03, I think it was, and and uh, but uh, I, I did it solo for a couple of years. Randy McElvoy and I did it. Uh, Dana Larson and I did it. Um, uh, uh, Emily Jones and I did it. Uh, I think, uh, and then and then Rick. So it's been, but I've been with Rick longer than any of the others. So while it was a little bit different, you're you're obviously one of you know our our three amigos group. My, my, the, the better question is, 
Did it seem weird to you coming off of Kep's corner over there, down there in the corner where, where, where you've been there at your desk and sliding there along the desk alongside? That, that's the bigger question. I think. How weird was it for you sitting there, you yeah. know, socially distanced from me when we're throwing down all those highlights last Friday? If you remember, if you remember when you were a kid, the first Thanksgiving you got to eat at the adult table. <laughs> That's really what it felt like. I got to, I got, I got, okay. I, got I got promoted from the kids' table up to, uh, up to the big. Up I got you. Table. So I, I, I got to, I got to. It, it was fun. It, it was. It was fun. fun. I enjoyed it. Y'all it did was, well. It looked, well, it looked smooth. That's kind of yeah. He is Craig Way. He's a Texas high school football Hall of Famer. You can hear him on the horn in Austin every morning with Jeff Howe, and you can see his fine work on High School Scoreboard Live coming up Friday at eleven o'clock p.m. Craig, appreciate your time. Um, and uh, maybe this week with a bye week. Uh, we can uh, we can get you uh, talking a little bit less. We can rest your voice just a little bit. I think I'll be ready to roll. I think I'm okay. So I think I'll be good to go uh, for sure on Friday. So we'll look forward to seeing you in whatever capacity you happen to be filling on Friday. We'll, we'll find out together. <laughs> Later, Craig. Bye, Craig. You bet. There you go. Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, oh, my gosh. There's um, really not much from the comments, but I will say a uh, something that's interesting tonight in the football world is the fact that there is NFL football on tonight. That's right. Just a, just a reminder, game. like, if you, uh, if you need some football in your life, there will be there was, NFL There was high on. school last night. There were two games down yes. there in, in kind of the uh, – like I want to say Sabine Pass played. I want to say New Waverly played. Hemp Hill maybe one of them uh, down there in that part of the world. There were two Monday night games last night, um, and uh, yeah, I just so there is. Uh, which by the way, that's that's starting to get scrambled now because everyone's trying to figure out how we can make up games. Mm-hmm. As a refresher, the UIL does have the five day rule, which means you cannot play two games in five days. So if you play. Friday, the next time you can play is Thursday, but that theoretically means the next time you could play is Wednesday, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they're mm-hmm. trying to get creative. Uh, I know that down in central Texas, they're going to be uh, shuffling things up. And I made the um, I made the comment to a buddy of mine at Fox. I said, we should like broadcast like only versus whoever they're playing yeah. just to <laughs> counter program uh, like Monday Night Football. football. <laughs> and we should see who wins in the ratings. We should see. Yeah. We should see. Yes. We should see. I love only football. I don't know about you. <laughs> Big. Big Cubs fan. Big Cubs fan. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks to the Hall of Famer Craig Way for being our guest for Ashley Pickle. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young. Please meet your player of your trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.